0: Welcome to Italy's is Vital, your natural health and wellness stop. Hi everyone, this is Julie. Thank you for stopping by for another podcast today. I hope you're having a fabulous day and I hope all is going well for you. And um, in this podcast, I wanted to touch on RNA resistant crops. Because I don't know if you are aware. Some of you might be, some of you might not be. And even if you're not, for those of us who are aware of the work that they continue to do with GMO, genetically modified organisms, that they use to um, create, to say they're creating food,
1: we're aware that
0: there's always continued work in this field in the sense that they're always up to something, always working at creating uh, some crop or something that is supposed to be intended for human consumption in many instances. So now we are hearing more and more about RNA resistant crops. And this has been touted as something that is Something that is more beneficial than regular GMO crops. Now, RNA resistant crops, which are also known as RNA interface, these are genetically modified plants that are designed to resist pests or disease through the silencing of specific genes using the RNA technology. Now, The crops, we are being told that these are, it's beneficial. But what is not being focused on is how dangerous these are. In fact, it is quite dangerous and way more dangerous than even the traditional genetically modified crops, which we know are no good. And these are worse. And these could lead to a lot of consequences that they will put down as unintended consequences. And some of the effects from these include um, the RNA technology that they are using to silence genes. It can do so in in other parts that, for all intents and purposes, it was not intended to silence the genes in. Uh, such as the beneficial insects, um, soil microbes, or other um, important organisms. You know, these species plays an important role in the ecological system. And this can have unintended consequences by disrupting the food web, by reducing biodiversity, and just, in general, disrupting the entire ecosystem. Also, the RNA crop may crossbreed with other natural plants, and this could lead to the unintended spreading of the RNA traits. And this could also cause a problem in the natural ecosystem. And this could spread from one region to the next. And what will happen also, because we know that this will happen, is that when they create these, these, these um, Frankenstein foods, and you create uh, the pest, the so called pests that they're trying to get rid of, so to speak, they will become resistant to these. Because they're trying to get rid of these products because they don't belong. So they will overcome and they will they will no longer at some point um, be negatively affected by them in the way that was initially intended. And so what's going to happen? They're going to end up in a situation where they'll be Using even more, even more, um, even more pesticides because the so-called pests that they are trying to get rid of will be able to, at some point, handle these plants. So what it does is that it defeats it. It it will defeat. It's not if it will defeat the purpose from which it was intended. And the reality is that the long-term effects in terms of the ecosystem, in terms of human health, these have, they have not been fully explored. They, don't, they have not looked at the real risk of this technology and how it, instead of supposedly helping in terms of food production, how it can literally lead to a situation where we have scarcity in terms of food. We don't need this technology. We never needed these genetically modified Frankenstein foods. Um, Some people might want to know, is, is RNA different from GMO or is it the same? But RNA-resistant crop and genetically modified organisms, they are related. It's just um, distinct technologies that are used. Um, So while both RNA-resistant crops and GMOs involve um, gene modification of the crop plant, um, they differ in how this modification is achieved and also the intended purposes of the modification. So you're probably wondering what types of crops that are being grown with this RNA-resistant technology at the moment, and it's various crops. And the aim of this, they claim, is to be pest resistance, to be disease resistance. You know, those are some of the major um, reasons they say to be or to produce crops that are supposedly resistant to pests and resistance to so-called diseases. And some of the main crops that are being uh, targeted is the soybean, maize, rice, tomatoes, Apples, potatoes, these are some of the major ones. And we know that these crops have been, um, for all intents and purposes, they have been forced on the world. And I say that it has been because we see across cultures that when you look, it's almost like everybody's eating rice, um, this, this white rice, when there was a time when this was um, not the case. Maize. Everybody's eating maize. You know, some of these these crops are not even indigenous to the places where they are widely widely eaten by the population. Um, rice widely eaten almost everywhere. You know, potatoes, apples, tomatoes. So these are the crops they are targeting because they know that these crops are widely eaten across countries across cultures etc and of course there are other crops that they are um, experimenting with such as the sugar beet, cotton uh, grape um, vine and you know the list goes on but these are some of the major ones and it's it's important that we really and do um, pay attention so We see the big problem with this when you look at the crops, the specific crops that are being targeted um, for this technology. And also, let's look at some of the major players, you know, in terms of companies um, that are involved in the development or working on, you know, genetically modifying. the seeds and um, companies such as Monsanto, uh, Syngenta, Doe Agrisciences, DuPont Pioneer, Arcadia Biosciences, Evergene, um, Performance Plants, Valent Biosciences, BASF, Intrexon. So these are some of the main companies that are involved um, with this technology that are creating seeds that they can patent. So let us ask ourselves this. This technology is being created so that it can kill bugs, that it can kill microbes, you know, that would be on the, go on the plant, it interact with the plants, microbes that will be in the earth and so on so we think that it's going to do these things and it's not going to affect us it's going to miraculously do all these things and it's not going to affect us let me tell you this is going to affect us on so many levels if it's going to kill the bugs it's going to kill your ass Let's, let's, let's just be honest with it. If it's going to kill the bugs, it's going to kill you in some way. It's going to mess up your gastrointestinal system. Eventually, that's what it's going to do. It's going to mess with your body. How do you know what changes, what disruption this will create in your body? You don't know. You do not know because there have not been any long-term studies that show this. And I don't need long-term studies for me to be aware of the dangers of the serious, serious, critical, life-threatening danger this is. Not just for the microbes, because the microbes are needed, the microbes are necessary. And one of the things that we have been taught is that we have pests out here that are attacking plants and they attack them for no reason. And so they're a problem and we get, need to get rid of them. When pests are so-called pests, because they're not pests, really they are not pests. If it's a natural bug, if it's a natural microbe, it is not a pest, it serves a purpose it is for us to understand what purpose it serves in the ecosystem. And by looking at these so-called pests and what they do, we could better understand the ecosystem and understand why certain plants are attacked, so-called attacked, while others are not. And I dare say, with these GMO products, and the hybrid products, we don't know if these natural, if these so-called pests are trying to get rid of those things that they see as unnatural. How do we know that they're not trying to do that? This technology is no joke. It cannot be supported. It should not be supported by governments It should not be supported by farmers. And this is where education comes in. This is where it's important to share with others. This is where it's important to help others to explain. If you know a farmer... If you have a friend who is a farmer, a family member who is a farmer, somebody who knows someone who is a farmer, it's important that we share this kind of information. It's important that we share this kind of knowledge because some people, they don't know. Some people look at things on just the surface. Oh, they'll say, oh, this will mean that I don't have to worry about pests. This will mean that I don't have to Uh, I will have higher yield, so it means that I will have more money. But in effect, what it also means is that you will be responsible for people slowly dying, to be honest. It's like you literally contributing to the ill health of someone if you're a farmer who grows, if you choose to grow with these seeds. And some people might say, okay, the governments are implementing these measures and that measures. Regardless of what measures the government in, um, you know, put in place, if farmers stand up and decide that, no, this is dangerous, this is dangerous for the ecosystem, this is dangerous for us, yes, you might get short term profits in the sense that yes you might use these seeds and you may may get high yield in the short run but how long will that continue for you will eventually as a farmer put yourself in a worse position in the long term that's what will happen all for short term gains endangering other people's health and also messing up the ecosystem. That's what your contribution will be as a farmer. Yeah, and and so it's important that we look at this for what it is. This is no new and improved technology that is going to bring about some kind of miracle where it's going to save the world from hunger. No, it's going to create disease, not just in the, because when the, when, the, when the ecosystem becomes sick, we become sick. There is no separation between us and the ecosystem. We are a part of the ecosystem. The bugs are a part of the ecosystem. The so-called pests are a part of the ecosystem. And the pests really are not they have a role to play they have a role to play in this ecosystem and they do exactly that it is us that need to look at our actions and what it is that we are doing that is causing for example uh so-called crops to be quote-unquote attacked why why does this happen and that's something I'll explore um, further why is it that some crops would get so-called attack while others don't. And I dare say there are reasons for it. So, you know, I just want people to be more aware of this, more aware of this technology, more aware of the dangers of this technology, and also begin to understand that we have to begin to save more um, so-called wild or natural seeds, we have to begin to save those so that we can share with others because this is how we fight back. And also what we have to do as farmers, we have to um, refuse to partake in this technology, refuse from buying and using these, these seeds, even when you stand against the government because it is a must in order for us to stand up for what is right more often than not we have to stand against the decisions of government because the decisions of government will serve international cooperation at the expense of health of the populace at the expense of the environment, at the expense of the natural ecosystem. And so we have to stand up. So I say, share this information. It doesn't have to be this video specifically, but just ask people, do they know about this and are they aware of it? Because they have to be aware because sometimes these things get sneaked in and you know, people aren't aware until it's too late. And, and and what happens a lot of times, sometimes in you know countries like Africa and the Caribbean, etc., what they'll do so is donate seeds. They'll come and they they'll give farmers seeds, and people look at it, oh, we're getting gifts, but they don't look at what really is the so-called gift. Not every gift is good. Not every gift is beneficial. And I dare say, especially when it comes to the continent of Africa, no gift is a gift. If you're given a gift, it's likely a curse. And so further to that, let me finish off by saying, yes, share the information, talk to farmers, farmers that you know, people who know people, spread the information about the truth about this um, uh, Are in AI technology that is not good. It's not good. It doesn't matter how they spin it. This is not beneficial. And farmers' hearts ought to be aware. Um, People ought to be aware. Don't mind the birds. (laughs) Um, Farmers ought to be aware, and people ought to be aware that this is dangerous. And so try to save more seeds and also save natural seeds and share seeds with others and also produce as much of what you eat as possible. We have to start doing this as individuals, as families, as communities. Grow what you eat and use natural local seeds. So I will leave that, leave it at that for now because I think the birds are quite comfortable. I'm chirping, chirping away. Um, So don't forget, be the change you'd like to see in this world. Have a fantabulous day today. Welcome to ITAL is Vital, your natural health and wellness stop.